Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, and this week it's Smokestacks. But Tim, isn't that old song by the American rock and roll band The Lawrence Arms? <laughs> yes, it is, David. And no, this is not Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. This is As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. And, and we're going to talk about an, a Lawrence Arms song. That's right. We're talking about a Lawrence Arms song called Smokestacks by the Alkaline Trio mm-hmm. with Tim and David. And uh, that's what we do. That's what we do every single week on our podcast, As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. My name is Tim Crisp. This is my assistant, David Anthony. And we are excited to join you this week in real time. We hope you enjoyed our uh, swan song, actually. Is it, swan song is the last thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, our, our From Here to Infirmary swan song we kind of went a, you know we went our own like route about it which was actually uh recording the episode like a long time ago and then like posting it again mm-hmm. and then realizing like after the fact like oh we're done with from here to infirmary now that's pretty wild but that's just how we do it over here mm-hmm. as you were a podcast about flying by the seat of your pants I'm not wearing any right now, but that's okay because I am only on camera mm-hmm. from the waist up. Yeah, well, I would say from the shoulder up, basically. Yeah. Well, so it's a good angle. I don't. I don't want to be too revealing mm. about like what's, yes, what's actually showing here. Um, <laughs> yeah, we finished from here to infirmary. Uh, we are zeroing in on quite a few records at this point. Uh, not many songs left on some of them. Uh, which, you know, partially through the lottery, partially through people voting. Some went quicker than others. That's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but plenty more to talk about still. And plenty, plenty more, more when the band The Alkaline Trio releases an EP in uh, the same calendar year. Which we've only touched on briefly. We only did touch on this EP briefly. Um, the name of this EP is Alkaline Trio by The Alkaline Trio. Well, the title, I believe, is EP. Oh, that's right. It is EP, which is, wow, that's crazy. Think about that. Like, you could, like, call your record a record. Mmm. wonder if anyone's done that before. That's a funny thing you should say, David, and I thank everybody who listened to Life's Work, a podcast about Laura Stevenson's Sit Resist. Um, Pretty much the greatest seven episode podcast in the history of seven episode podcasts about records made by laura stevenson Mm, Um, i mean it's a crowded field yeah new york times said so and Mm -hmm. um me i'm i'm pro the new york times especially op-eds i think op-eds are great Mm -hmm. um well i mean that's that's the york times in canada the new york times as opposed to the old york times which was covering mostly the the day-to-day goings in york canada Old York was the name of my elementary school. Hmm. Well, cool. all comes together now, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. And speaking of coming together, y'all, I don't know if you've heard about this, but something exciting on Thursday, September 10th, that's Thursday of this week. Uh, if you haven't 
been subscribed to the Better Yet feed. Um, yeah, something. You might as well. I mean, why not? I mean, nobody's posting any episodes there. There haven't been episodes there in a really long time. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, so it's not going to, like, take up any space in your library. Uh, so you might as well just subscribe to Better Yet. And then, uh, you know, Thursday, September 10th, uh, not nothing's going to change. But you should still be subscribed to Better Yet. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard whispers that something big's going to happen, like a potentially big podcast interview with a, a really famous person, someone like FDR, just throwing that out there. I believe that might be the name I've heard. Um, that's Franklin Delano Raccoonsevelt. Uh, he's a local Civil War reenactor. Um, so I, I anyway, I, I hear good things are going to happen over on that feed. You should uh, definitely tune in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for the, thanks for the help with that plug there, David. Mm-hmm. We've... We've gotten very good at it being professional over here on As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Well, I would like to hope. And and so and and this is crazy because like when we started this podcast, um, there was no Alkaline Trio EP called EP. Correct. And there was no uh, uh, album. Mm-hmm. With no full length album called Is This Thing Cursed? There so, was not. It's amazing that we've been able to bring in 16 new songs from the Alkaline <coughs> Trio through this podcast. Um, and this is the 16th of those 16 smokestacks. Smokestack. Is it? I said yeah. smokestacks at the beginning. Should I, should I do that again? Let's just start over. All yeah, right. I'm good. Welcome to As You Were. <laughs> um, to be fair... The song should be called Smokestack because I don't know if I've ever seen a singular smokestack. Yeah, what's up um, with that? Uh, it's it's kind of an anomaly. Uh, but what's she going to do? Uh, Dan, you know, Dan is good at many things, but maybe uh, the accuracy with which he's depicting things like, you know, factories maybe isn't up to snuff. <laughs> uh, but in reality, this song which came out this year is actually very old which i uh i don't know if many people know that fact about this um because it's it's one of those things that i think like only like real deep heads maybe even know is a song that dan was playing i think as early as 99 2000 is when i've seen live footage of him performing it you're talking uh, about the footage that I sent you when I yes that you when filmed. I informed you mm-hmm. of the fact that, that you I, filmed the song. It, it was actually it, it, that's what it was. It was originally called Smoke Stacks, mm-hmm. but Dan mm-hmm. Dan changed it. it. He told me all about it over on uh, Road to the Skeleton Coast Patreon, patreon.com yeah. slash Better Sandwich. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is a wild thing that this song goes that far back and. But it also totally makes sense, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. So let's let's get into it a little bit. Well, the 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 version that you're talking about, though, it's a little shortened. It doesn't have a little faster, a little pieces. shortened. Doesn't have the back minute of the song. It's like a minute forty five, probably. Mm-hmm. And he's playing it a lot faster. 
Um, I definitely think this is the period of time when Dan's confidence in playing acoustic wasn't really there. Mm. Um, kind of rushing through it in the song. Like you could hear how the sped up version of this would work, but uh, you know, he's definitely, he's grown into being able to like make records that are more heavily acoustic, like mm. his solo work and, and not have them all be, you know, rush through in two minutes he he's learned how to let the songs breathe a little bit totally and this recording has a very airy quality Mm -hmm. um yeah it sounds like this was done very no frills it's possible that dan even just recorded it at home the acoustic performance is pretty you know start to finish uh it's loose it's fun mm-hmm. um it's it's just got like a like all right cool hit record play it through and then sings it and he does his own backing vocals um so it it does feel a bit like a demo which is cool it's a cool thing yeah. to throw on to NEP and really this song is a lot of fun and it's got some cool little uh, tips of the hat to some, like, you know, if you know, you know, sort of knowledge. Well, well, how about uh, you? How about you tell the people who don't know what you know and what that knowledge is? Uh huh. Well, I mean, especially getting into the second verse, when we talked about, uh, you know, the skipping school and getting in trouble throwing bottles at trains he's probably talking about those uh train lines down there in elgin i know how that goes um but also like pissing on convenience store walls which is sick uh Mm -hmm. big daddy was a big film around that time so that is true (laughs) um but yeah (laughs) let's go and make some flyers for our third floor show is a reference to venue that i think was just called the third floor in L- to my knowledge yeah um and that was where a lot of bands were playing in the early to mid 90s including smoking mm-hmm. popes and a little band called slapstick mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think it's it's a nice tip of the hat in in a way where i think to uh, someone who doesn't know that kind of like chicagoland ephemera it, mm-hmm. it still reads the same of just like a loft show party thing and i think you know i've heard some friends of mine say that they like don't really like this song because it's like oh, i don't want to hear like some like 45 year old dude singing about his like his punk rock glory days which mm-hmm. like i get um but it, it is kind of different when you're like oh this song's like from 20 years ago where it's like he's kind of those were his sentiments then, and he was probably only five years removed from those activities. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually makes it a little more genuine, you know, because I think everyone totally. who's into punk, hardcore, subculture stuff goes through that period where you hit your, you're like 25 and you're like, I feel too old and it feels like my, uh, my crazy days are so far behind me. Um, but it's not really true. I mean, maybe it mm-hmm. is, but. Once you're 20 years away from them, it is a little more profoundly different. Um, And I think it just kind of makes that work. And I think, you know, kind of having lyrics at the end that I think are a little less wistful and just a little more like, 
about the contentment of being where he's at, I think is kind of a nice turn on that Mm -hmm. idea, as opposed to it just being like, oh, I wish that I was back there pissing on walls, you know, that's, yeah, (laughs) it's, that would be a little sad, you know? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on the spirit with which you are pissing, but I think that it's cool to have the knowledge that this comes from, you know, a time when Alkaline Trio is starting up and, I think this is a, it's a look back at what was phase one of mm-hmm. the creative life of our guy here, which was not even like, I think for them at the beginning, it wasn't really even a a phase in like a broad scheme of things. It was literally just our high school band is yeah. playing a show, everybody come. It just so happened that, that band was slapstick and mm-hmm. <laughs> it had people like Dan Andriano and Brendan Kelly and mm-hmm. Rob Kellenberger and all of these folks who have gone on to do great things and have careers in music still to this day. Um, so it's like a cool perspective when you get, like anybody talking about like oh, we we're just like kids being kids it just so happened to be this way but to get that perspective from someone who is like one of many who have gone on to larger things from there that are within music that's really cool mm-hmm. idea yeah i mean i think it's just I think it's, like, it can be very, I think we live in a world where it's very easy to, like, that kind of earnest sentimentality is kind of looked down upon by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very easy to just be like, yeah, well, I'm with it now, so fuck you, old man. Which, like, whatever, a fine, like, a fine way to feel. But it's like, I don't know, I, I, I don't really like to just, like, shit on someone for having a fondness for where they came from, which is what this song really is to me. It's just mm-hmm. like, I mean, I will say like, uh, when I listened to it the first time I was like, fuck, I feel like I've heard this before. And then eventually learned I did, but I also am like, Oh, it kind of is just good riddance by green day at the start. Uh, so there's that Straight too. up. Um, and I, he what... starts playing that, and I'm like, oh, is he going to go fuck? <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny, because I was like, ah, I wonder if that's why he held on to it for so long, which is like... There's or maybe why he that, was, yeah. was playing it faster earlier on, because you really, when those chord changes are happening much quicker, you don't... It doesn't mm-hmm. evoke the same thing, so there is that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like him kind of having... You know, they... I feel like Matt's usually the one to do the nods to Chicago stuff, sometimes in what I feel are a little bit of, like, overly cloying ways, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and especially if you see him live, he will, like, say scream the name of the city instead of lyrics in certain parts, and it's... It, it's when in Rome. It's an effect, but it's, it's not to my taste, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. This feels genuine, and I think it harkens back to, like, for people who are definitely older than you or i like 
there is that kind of prehistory of 90s Chicago punk, like in that pre-Fireside Bowl world or like early Fireside Bowl world where like a lot of punk shows were not happening in Chicago proper. Mm-hmm. Like unless you were big enough to play the Metro, which like did happen. Mm-hmm. You were playing McGregor's in Elmhurst or the third floor in Elgin or off the alley in Homewood, you know? And it's like, you can go online and it's like, th- that's where the videos of Jawbreaker playing are. They're at like fucking McGregor's, you know, like the, it wasn't really happening in Chicago. And, and I think it's one of those things where it's like, that was really those dudes. Like that was their high school years. Their stomping grounds weren't the fireside. That's like once they're kind of out of high school, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. And I, I, I think it's cool to see that Dan kind of like, not like set the record straight. I don't think he's doing any of that shit, but like, I think he's just kind of being like, well, this is what it was actually like for me. Because mm-hmm. I think there is a, we are now distant enough where I think people have this idea of them just like, yeah, you play in the fireside and play in the empty bottle. And like, they did do that, but not until much later. Yeah. It's a long road. And yeah. God help anybody like, playing a G chord on an acoustic guitar from like 1997 through the next eight years. But yeah, I mean, I think that that is something that um, it's really easy to like lose sight of that fact that like, yeah, before you even get to what feels like the like beginning of the story, there's always so much that, leads into it and Mm -hmm. even like starting at a place that feels small like the fireside bowl there's a lot that leads into that and yeah it's for us (laughs) right it makes a lot of sense that we're a little bit more um in touch with that with this particular band because it's like where we come from and we know where elgin is and we know where Mm -hmm. homewood is um but that type of like regional scene and um just that like small scale is something that i've been thinking about a lot lately as Mm -hmm. i am getting ready to move out of chicago Mm -hmm. uh, going to city like valparaiso where that's a small little town that like had a little blip of like a punk scene 10 years ago mm-hmm. but it's like when we think about touring coming back when we think about like diy and everybody's starting over again places like that i think are going to become important again because yeah people are going to tr- try and like keep things small scale as opposed to like the model of like national touring that we are on now i don't know if that's true but it's something that i like to think about i mean i think things are going to change and i think people are going to be more excited about live music again you know like i i've been thinking about it a lot where it's like the day that chicago kind of locked down like i was going to go to a show that night Mm -hmm. and literally was like uh like it was right on that cusp where i'm like "Mm, i don't think i should do this and as doors open it got canceled so the decision Mm -hmm. was made for me right but like a few days before that, I was going to go to a show at Reggie's and I was like, oh, fuck, like 
eh, I'll catch him next time. And it's like, well, that yeah. was fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, the band Autopsy is putting out a live record of that show where I'm like, and like the write up of it is like, yeah, this is from the before times. Like we were going to do all these things and this is the only show we played this year. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, I think there is going to be kind of a leveling um, because I think there's going to be, if we want to really get into it, everyone I know who is like a booker or like an agent, whatever, there's like 15 deep in terms of holds on venues. Like it's just going to be chaos. And I think it's going to push shows into like underground spaces and places off the beaten path again. Like you saying 10 years ago in Valpo, like, yeah, coming from Northwest Indiana, like Valpo was a little bit on the edge of that, but like, I definitely remember seeing it was, so this was, I think, when the Holy Ghost 7-inch that Laura put out mm-hmm. came out, because she was selling them out of a fucking uh, briefcase. Um, but it was, like, her and Native and this band, Alal, who were uh-huh. awful, but, oh, like, briefly were, like, I remember big. that band. Yeah. Um, fun <laughs> fact is, so the singer in that band, like, used to play in bands with some of my older friends, and uh, he was apparently just, like, a big piece of shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and he prior to a lull was in like like a true punk band called the evaluation that apparently everyone in uh northwest indiana called the ejaculation because he was a jerk off um so um but i mean that was you know that was 2008 or 9 i guess Mm -hmm. right around there i bought a i bought a jcm 400 uh marshall head from the drummer of that band who i liked i liked that dude um didn't like his band very much but uh, yeah which is fine that happens a lot it does um, <laughs> um but yeah i mean i i think the future is going to be interesting i i don't I know how much yeah yeah, yeah yeah i it's going to be interesting how uh things bear out because i imagine mm-hmm. there's a lot of people doing similar things of like fanning out and just being like there's no real reason for me to be in a city if there's nothing that i like about the city that i can do Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, um, I don't know, personally, I, I was really feeling a lot of just like fatigue. And so the idea of like going to a place where maybe there aren't as many shows, it's just like, that's who's in town. Let's go. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I think it, it we kind of went off on a tangent that I started. But the fact that shit was happening in Elgin because like, that's just like where it was. That's where they found mm-hmm. a venue where uh, somebody was like smart or dumb enough to let punk bands play there for a few years. And that's just how it happens. It's a very like from the ground, it's very folk and folk mm-hmm. adjacent, like, you know, type of development. And yeah, this is a time that just so happened to like produce a lot of very important musicians uh, who go on to do great things. And Dan looking at that and being like, yeah, check it out. But also just like totally like myth busting to a big extent of just, yeah, these are just like kids who like fuck around Mm -hmm. and get into trouble on nights when they're not playing shows and probably get into trouble on nights that they are playing shows. I'm sure they did both. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know what? Like, there's just something about it being on this little three-song EP that makes it work. Like, I feel like 
This is the type of thing that, like, if it was on an album, would really stick out. Because this is just not the type of perspective he usually brings to stuff. Mm-hmm. And not usually what their acoustic songs do. Yeah. So it makes sense why it was kind of just orphaned for so long and now found a home. You know? Like, it's kind of just nice where it's like they hadn't haven't really put out eps in a long time as we had talked about before mm-hmm. and i like them doing that again because when i listen to this ep i enjoy it like i i yeah, do i think too. it's their best material no but like it's not trying to do too much it's it's not suffering from what i think is this thing curse did which was like just being a little too long because it felt it had to be something it's mm-hmm. just like well we're gonna do these three songs and that's what it is yeah, I like the fact that we have like an acoustic song that has a lack of like you know those acoustic tracks that we know from the LPs are all very deliberate. They're all like all right, we're making our emphatic statement um as, you know, mostly an album closer or that weird song in the middle of a record that mm-hmm. people feel one way or the other about but yeah this is like a cool moment of something that's just like tossed off um it's not it's not overworked it's not like they tried to take the song itself and make it fit into something larger Mm -hmm. and yeah it is enough of like a um it doesn't have the same stakes and i think from that you get a lot more life out of it yeah and i think it's just i mean i agree with all that and i think one of the things that i find really charming about it is like dan just has a really good voice and i think he's grown into it and Mm -hmm. and knows how to wield it better than he ever has like there's charm to the early material where he's straining to hit notes but like he has a really just naturally like kind of soothing voice on this stuff and it's why i think like the first emergency room record is so charming is because it's just like stand an acoustic guitar there's really not much more you need than that and it just does what it needs to do mm. um but i feel like the meter of the the vocal melodies re- recalls so much like tuesday to me yeah I, I hear so much of like when he's just really like rushing through syllables and like mm-hmm. piling on words it's you know he really stops doing that by the time god damn it's over mm-hmm. you know so like it just captures him i think in a unique moment where like his perspective has changed but i think his ability to still just like have that very gut level energy in his songs and, and trust in them is still there and i think that's what makes it charming like to compare it to the matt song on this ep which again i also enjoy mm-hmm. there are more bells and whistles there's more stuff going on Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say one is better than the other for that, but like, I think with Dan, you can see how most of his material just starts with him in an acoustic guitar. Like, yeah, totally. And I think that this song has just like a really, like the melody just really comes out of the words and the words come out of Dan knowing how well he can sing. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah there's just a really nice like natural order to these verses and it all it all has a nice it's just 
it's just that. It's just nice. And, you know, you said that the first, like, or the last minute wasn't there on the original version. And I do really like the way that that last minute comes in and really, like, adds another layer to Mm -hmm. this story of just, you know, standing at the open bar yeah, that seems like a wedding to me. Um, mm-hmm. And that line about the, like, the saw life go past that I guess I could have had, um, that's a that's a pretty relatable feeling for yeah. anybody who's been to a wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just taking in a lot of... Uh, a lot of different folks and looking at yourself and it's a time for self-analysis and um, I like the idea that Dan is in an in a in a place where what he gets from that is confirmation yeah yeah I agree and I think that's I feel like that line is the one that I really like and I really like his delivery of it Mm-hmm. on it it's so quick and confident and just such a small observation and i think that's what <laughs> it be, it becomes tough i think for songwriters or really for anyone when you're younger everything feels so big and profound mm-hmm. and as you get older you realize it's just like a lot of small moments and i, I like the fact that his perception of those early teenage years of pissing on convenience store walls and throwing bottles of trains and booking shows being a smokestack being a smokestack a singular one goes around to this thing where it's just kind of him just like observing you mm-hmm. know where he understands he is no longer the he's not always the lead actor in the movie of his life you yeah. know and I, it's it's just very subtly done and uh in a way that I think is kind of cool because it's not really one that's like, I I think one could argue there's moments where it feels like it's reaching, but understanding the long history of this song from initial creation to release, Mm -hmm. I I like that he honors that initial intent and then just kind of adds on to it. I think that's a really cool play Mm -hmm. and, you know, something where it's like, yeah, it's not like it was a commercially released song. It's not like he played it a ton, but it's cool to see that evolution and see him still feel both confident in who he was and pro- arguably more confident in who he is now. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that realization that he comes to in that last verse is really nice to take in because it's not at the expense of whoever else he's talking about. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's not like, yeah, I chose this and like, fuck you. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, which I, mm-hmm. which it would have had in an earlier iteration. Oh yeah. It has like, to, it has yeah. to. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's saying something is more adult almost is never a compliment. Mm-hmm. I think we can all, uh, people throw that around, especially in terms of music. But usually to me, that just means like, oh, it got boring. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But this actually it got adult. It kind of grew up, and I I think it's it's nice to see those two sides of him in a song. 
in, you know, in a song this late in their career where it's like, oh, you actually do still very much have, you're still very much that person, but you understand your perspective has changed. And that's cool. Like, it's not as myopic as it would have been or as intense as it would have been if this did come out in a finished version sometime between maybe I'll catch fire and from here to infirmary. That would be a very different song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very, very wee epic. Mm -hmm. See what I did there. What do you rate it? Is that a, a pun? Cause he pees. Um, no, 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 We like, instead of my epic, it's we epic. It's mm. like, not I you, you, or you, it's not you, or you, it's you, or us. I prefer Royal. We, um, <laughs> I give this song three and a half smokestack out of five. I give it four, baby. And uh, that's the way I feel today. And this is our podcast. It's called As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, including this song, which is called Smokestack by the Alkaline Trio. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. We have so much fun. Over there, we got polls. People pick the songs that we talk about. We have bonus audio content. And it's really just like a cool place to like hang out and chill and like, you know, just exchange stories and, uh, yeah, just, just rap. Just like, mm -hmm. I a love lot of rapping rap. over there. Yeah. I, I'm a big rapper. Um, and, yeah, so we've got all sorts of wrappings over at patreon.com slash as you were. We'll be here on the normal feed either way next week, and we look forward to it. Thank you, friends.